Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Our coverage from the Greater Niagara Fishing and Outdoor Expo continues. And now we're joined by Captain Dean Cushman from Teaching Fishing. Dean, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Today we're going to talk something kind of out of the ordinary. Right now Lake Erie is widely renowned as the place to go catch walleye, but you're doing something different out of Lake Erie. Tell us about, about your kind of program that you're doing out there. Just a little bit. It is a fantastic spot to go for, for walleye. I mean, that's just hands down what it's known for. Um, but there's kind of a hidden secret. Um, the steelhead fishery on Lake Erie is phenomenal, uh, especially kind of midsummer. We really see those fish come in areas where we can really target them easily. Um, I fish a lot on the Canadian shoreline. Pretty deep water, access to really deep water from that cold basin on the east end of the lake. So when that cold water starts to creep around the north shore, those steelhead come in, follow the bait, and they really come in, you know, access to a couple, a couple ports over there. They're, it, it, it's really, really good fishing. We're going to unwrap that in a second. All right. I want to rewind. Sure. You know, Lake Erie, it wasn't too long ago, and, and people thought it was kind of the Dead Sea. Yeah. And now everybody they bring in here, whether we're talking, I talked to somebody about lake trout. I've talked to a lot of people, obviously, about walleye. Now we're talking about steelhead. What has happened to turn that lake around? Well, I, I think, you know, we've had some of the uh, invasive species come in, um, and everybody, you know, they, 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 they bring their ills with them. Uh, but one thing we've had is the mussels, the zebra mussels, the quahog mussels. They've really cleaned that lake up. Um, and I, I think to some detriment, too, that actually probably has contributed a little bit to the algae problem we've seen, especially in the western basin. But again, that lake has cleaned up tremendously from where it's been. And now habitat for this tremendous walleye fishery, and we're talking steelhead today. What is the seasonality of that? When is the time to get out there and target the steelhead? You know, for the area that I fish, uh, it's kind of a midsummer bite, mm -hmm. uh, July, August. Uh, as you as the years go on, uh, you get into fall, you kind of see the fish migrate more towards the river mouths where they go to spawn. A lot of those fish resident, are resident in Ohio, kind of spawn there and then kind of come back. So again, all summer they follow the bait, but there's kind of that seasonal movement of the south shore to the north shore and kind of back to the south shore. So your bite, what, what ports are you coming out of? Either Erio or Wheatley. There's two good ports right there. And what makes those areas good for when you're there? What makes it really good is when uh, the summer current set up and the eastern basin kind of pumps cold water along that north shore. As soon as we see a cold water come up, the cold water bait come up, and then the steelhead fall right behind them. What are those fish predating on? Uh, a lot of smelt. That's kind of what really, when we get a good smelt run on that north shore, I say run, but they're following that cold water. Uh, when the smelt come in, the steelhead fishing is phenomenal. And what kind of depths are you fishing in? Well, I mentioned smelt. Uh, early in the season, there's also a bug bite over there, too. We get a bug hatch. Mm -hmm. um, so again, steelhead are very nomadic. They really don't care much about anything. They're, they're aggressive predators. So early in the season, they'll be up actually very, very close to the surface, 10 feet or shallower. Um, as it progresses, they'll follow the bait. Uh, I would say most of the time we're probably fishing in that 60, 70 feet of water, probably targeting the fish at about 40. Okay. When you're fishing shallow, what kind of program are you running? What are you doing there? You know, I run a lot of flat lines, uh, inline weights, uh, lead core. Lead core is phenomenal for that. You can get it out on the boards, run short segments, uh, one, two color. Uh, we fish a lot of spoons. A lot of probably gold and copper would probably be our best over there. I think one thing that's a little different about Lake Erie is 
the water clarity. You know, a lot of steelhead fishing, you think very, very clean water. Mm-hmm. Lake Erie's clean, but it's got a little different color to it. So our baits tend to be a little different color as well. So we fish a lot of copper color baits over there. And again, I think it's just a product of what that looks like at depth. I don't know what it looks like to the fish. If they bite it, honestly, I don't care. Um, but again, you got to approach it a little bit different than you would say, you know, a fishery like Lake Michigan, where it's you know, gin clear water. And so it's just you got to adapt a little bit. What speeds are you running? Again, the fish will tell you that every day. I, I would say with steelhead, you can't go too fast. Mm-hmm. I probably start at two to two and a half, and you know, you can go three to three and a half. You can't you can't outrun these fish. They're just aggressive predators. When you're fishing at that time of year, what's the size structure? The size of the fish, mm-hmm. you know, we, we get some you know young of the year fish. Uh, I would say it, it's changed over the years, and it kind of depends what group of fish come up through there. Uh, you can expect to catch a lot of three four pound fish. Uh, you get the right year. We had years over there where you know eight to ten to twelve pound was was average, and those that, that, that's a tiger by the tail when you get a fish that big. <laughs> yeah, what's that? What's that like? Oh, yeah, these these fish are so aerobatic. Uh, a, lot, a lot of times, you know, they're jumping out of the water before they trip a board or a downrigger or anything like that. So you look behind the boat, and all of a sudden there's a fish six feet out of the water. You go, oh, look at that. that that's pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, he's on one of my lines, but he hasn't pulled it back yet. Yeah. So the fero- ferocious on the line, they take, you know, they don't peel a lot of line off like you would a king salmon. Um, but again, they are out of the water a lot. And that's kind of the challenge to actually handling those big fish is figuring out as an angler how to keep them more in the water. Every time they jump, your chances of landing one probably go down at 50%. How do you do that? It's a lot of rod position. Um, a lot of anglers, especially new anglers that I take over there, like to keep the rods kind of high, kind of at that 11, 12 o'clock. And actually what you're doing is actually pulling those fish to the surface, and as soon as they come to the surface, they want to jump. Mm-hmm. So a good rod management, and this goes for a lot of fish too, is to kind of keep the rods horizontal to the water, even the rod tip down into the water. Again, we want to keep those fish low. Uh, and that goes for walleye fishing too. A lot of guys, if you get those fish to the surface, especially a big fish, they're going to thrash. As soon as they thrash, they're going to throw hooks. Mm-hmm. So I even tell my walleye guys that too. It's rod positioned low in the water, keep their head down keep their head down until I say lift. If we lift, net goes in, we got him. How many how many lines are you usually running that early when you're running that, sh- that shallow water bite? That shallow water bite, again, it depends. Uh, Canada, we're kind of limited to rods. So again, yeah, six rod spread is good if I got enough guys in the boat. We kind mm-hmm. of start pattering that, you know, eight if I can. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of we're kind of rod guys, so I like to I like to get a lot of programs out there, ask the fish what's what they like, what they want to see, and then we'll just uh, feed them what they want. When the getting's good, what what kind of day is it like? Oh, it's it's ten, twenty, thirty, forty fish a day. I mean, when when you're on them, the fish are so aggressive, and I think that's part of the process too. That people don't um, really spend a lot of time doing is finding these fish. Mm-hmm. They move around a lot. You can't predict them from day to day where they're going to be. You got to go out actively search. For them. Once you found them, they're going to be active. Get something in the water. Figure out your program. Usually, it's fairly quick to figure it out, and you're going to start putting fish in the boat. Yeah. What makes one spot better than another when you're out cruising these areas? You know, we look a lot at current. Um, you get in that big water. Current actually is an edge. So that's such a current-driven fishery. You can actually look at some of the NOAA reporting and see where the currents are going, if they're east-west, if they're, uh, is there an eddy somewhere in there. And again, that's where I start looking for you know, basically invisible edges so I can start seeing what concentrates fish. And those current seams definitely will concentrate fish. And as the season goes on, these fish get out in deeper water? 
It really depends on the water temperature and where the bait moves. Uh, sometimes, again, like any deep water uh, basin, that cold water can be up near shore. Mm-hmm. It can be out. So again, you really kind of have to go out and understand what's going on in the lake. You can't leave the house on Saturday morning and not have an idea of what's went on that week, because otherwise you're going to struggle. So you really got to watch the waves, the currents, the weather, and just understand of have a good idea, I guess, when you leave the house of where those fish are probably going to be and start looking there. Yeah, you said you were you were fishing later in a year though in the 60 foot of water. What does that look like as far as how you're setting things up? You said that the fish are generally around that 40 mark. How are you? How are you getting down to those 40 spots? Yeah, the 40 feet of mark. Again, what I really like to see at that 40 feet mark is a thermocline. When a thermocline sets up in that area, fishing is outstanding. And what that kind of does too, there's a lot of walleye in that area. And walleye become actually a trash fish, believe it or not. For that, <laughs> <laughs> we, we throw them in the live while everybody likes to eat them. Right. Uh, but we get kind of annoyed by huh, another walleye. Um, but what the thermocline does is actually separate the walleye from the steelhead as well because the walleye will not typically go below the thermocline because the water's not oxygenated enough, cold, mm-hmm. not oxygenated. So I'll target those lower depths with downriggers, uh, with spoons, uh, sometimes crankbaits down there. We'll pull a lot of divers, wire divers, uh, regular divers on uh, uh, no, no stretch line like um, trying to think of the maiden, like a mason line, something like that. Uh, but again, big divers, get them down there. We also use tadpoles a lot too, the offshore tadpoles, the big tadpoles. They got a fairly aggressive dive curve, so again, get those lures down low. I would tell people though, never assume that they're all down low. Always run a few high lines just to kind of see what's going on. And uh, you might miss those fish up high, and especially if you don't have a line in the water. When you're, when you're fishing for those fish down below the thermocline, where are you setting your baits up? Are you down below the thermocline at the bait as well, or are you, where are you sitting? Well, it kind of depends on the bait. Again, steelhead is such a dynamic fishing that there's, there's no really set uh, parameters to it. You really have to react to what's happening. Uh, sometimes you get so much bait over there, you have too much bait. There'll be a carpet of 10 feet of bait on the bottom of the lake. So again, you've got to look for areas where the fish are actually pressuring the bait. Um, so you come through it, you look for kind of like a mountain in the middle of the bait, and that's where the fish are kind of uh, being a predator, pushing the bait down and actually pushing the bait up and just having a feeding frenzy. So, yeah, I would say we always got to target the fish above the fish. Uh, and it's going to depend a little bit above, uh, a little bit above the, how far that goes as far as water clarity. Uh, but again, these fish are aggressive. Don't, don't be afraid to fish high above them. We're looking for an aggressive strike. We want to trigger them, and uh, they're, 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 they'll come to you. What is this like as the season progresses later on into the fall? Are you still going after steelhead as the season progresses? You know, I, I kind of transition as a steelhead kind of, for me about Labor Day is kind of where I transition out and start targeting kind of walleye into that fall pattern again. There's a little bit of transitional period in there. You can follow the steelhead, mm-hmm. but for me, again, they're, they're close to the ports that July and August, so I can kind of get out, get customers on fish, and have a lot of fun. Awesome. There's something about steelhead fishing on Lake Erie that we didn't touch on that's important? You know, I, I don't think so. I, again, we've got a show coming up uh, called The Eight Steps where we're going to kind of dive a little bit deeper into that. We'll kind of get into some of the rigging and things and um, kind of cover that. But again, it's an untapped fishery because, again, Lake Erie is not known for steelhead. Steelhead associated with clear rivers, deep lakes. Uh, but again, that's, that's they're there. That July and August, get out, get out there and look for them and have a riot catching them. Dean, if people want to find out more about you and more about some of the topics that we're covering, where can they find you? Uh, Teachfishing.com. You know, we've got a lot of content there we're coming out with. Um, also, we've got a guide business, uh, hardcorecharters.com. 
So again, they can find out more about my charter business and what we're doing with the fishing education there. Yeah, where are you based out of with Hardcore Charters? Uh, Southeast Michigan. Fish a lot of the Detroit River, Lake Erie, uh, jigging in the Detroit River in April and May, and then hitting all of Lake Erie in the summertime trolling. Awesome, Dean. Thanks for coming on and doing the show. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate your insights as well. All right. Thank you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.